0: Hello, Stephen.
1: Hello, Erica.
0: Here we are again.
1: When's the last time I introduced an episode? I'm trying to remember if I ever have.
0: I don't know. I feel like it's just like, have you ever played the card game Flux? I don't remember if we ever played it.
1: Once, way back when.
0: I, the the way that, that that game works is just whoever starts it, starts it. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. So I just feel like if you haven't said anything, well, I'm, I'm going to say something. That's how it goes.
1: Maybe I just always, because I'm the one that presses record. That's true. And then,
0: well, then you should be able to just go, hey.
1: Well, yeah, but I don't want to startle you. I think once,
0: because <laughs> I get scared of podcasting. Well,
1: yeah, because once I think we, um, I started an episode <laughs> like twenty seconds, and you said I wasn't ready. Why did you start that? And so oh. we stopped. And I think ever since then, I said, okay, okay I'll just wait till you're ready. Um, I have
0: a vague recollection of that. So yeah, maybe you're right.
1: And I know when you're ready when you see mm-hmm. when you say hello, Stephen.
0: Okay. Well, maybe maybe you can do it next time. Yeah. Or do you want to, here? Go, go, go yeah. ahead. Say. Okay. Hello,
1: Erica. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> there. You feeling all right? Yeah. Cause we've been recording like for like a minute, so. Mhm. Okay. We're so, good. Yeah. So we finished the Aztecs tonight.
0: We did. We watched um, both the third and fourth episodes. Yes. The Bride of Sacrifice. Nice. And what was the last one? The Day darkness. of Darkness. darkness.
1: Mhm. Yeah. How were you feeling towards the Aztecs tonight? I know last night you weren't that you were a little ambiv is that the word the right word, mm. ambivalent.
0: I was just I was just not jazzed. Um right. I would say that I'm I'm still not super jazzed. I, I don't feel quite as meh tonight, but yeah, I think the Aztecs is just not not one that is going to live in my heart.
1: It's um that's too bad in a way. Yeah. Um yeah. but if, if only just because I think this one has grown in my estimation over the years. I used to sort of, kind of like, ah, oh, just a bunch of talky stuff, you know. Because when mm-hmm. I first was watching the Hartnell stuff, the the historicals didn't necessarily ring true for me. <laughs> so, Ironically, I know I like the space battles mm-hmm. and you know all the space stuff with aliens and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That's why I watched Doctor Who for so I, often. These ones sort of felt a little stilted to me, but I don't know. I'm I uh I, I quite enjoy the Aztecs mostly because it is four parts and it seems to hum along. I thought the uh, episode four actually was uh was really well paced and mm-hmm. um I Liked various aspects of it, but I what I usually like to do is I ask you about the episode, and then um, I try to counter what might be your <laughs> negative reactions with what I liked about it. So, uh, what what were you less meh about the Aztecs tonight?
0: Um, I I agree that part four really cooked along. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like that went very quickly. Um, I I definitely found myself sort of feeling tense about what was happening. I was, I was worried for Susan. Um, even though it's really kind of her own fault. Yeah. Uh, none of that would have happened if she would have just kept her yap shut earlier on. But oh, you know, as you said, the kid to get in trouble.
1: Far too headstrong. Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, so, yeah, I mean it was there was a lot of intrigue for sure mm-hmm. going back and forth. I just found that I wasn't emotionally connected to it. So I mean maybe I'm watching Doctor Who for spaceships and, <laughs> and aliens and, and robots and stuff. Um it was
1: <laughs>
0: it was a little depressing to see Barbara sort of I mean, Ian finally talks her out of out of it because he points out that Toxel is not uh he's not an outlier. Most mm-hmm. most people actually are are totally cool with the sacrifice thing, and Otlock is the uh, he's the outlier, the one who the only one who supports her. Right, and she finally believes um, believes Ian, which which makes sense because the Doctor tends to be a little high handed and is going on about you just can't change history, whereas Ian actually gives her a reason why you can't change history. Right. He, puts it in realistic terms Mm -hmm. um and then she's she's kind of bummed and that's that's a little bit sad
1: but as the doctor says you may have failed to save a civilization but at least you helped one man
0: yeah i helped him go out into the wilderness and die what the heck was that about
1: he just he was he went off to the wilderness to live to, uh, to so he's going of... to
0: become a hermit. I think he's going to get scratched by by some <laughs> poison stick, and he's i uh, I just I don't see a great future for him. Well,
1: probably. you think poison stick, I think jaguar uh, snake or yes, yeah, I think a jaguar' will probably get him
0: that probably.
1: Um, yeah, so I year, found that yeah. a little weird. Or maybe he's the first person to, like, encounter Cortez at the... uh,
0: (laughs) So he'll die of smallpox? He'll
1: die of smallpox or Mm -hmm. disemboweling. I'm not sure what, but... um, (laughs) Great. Yeah. Well, they're all doomed in a way. That's kind of the sad thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, they really are. Yeah, happy times.
0: And the bad guy wins. Although, really, I mean... Yeah, he was was sneaky and conniving and kind Mm -hmm. of underhanded. But at the same time, I mean... Barbara is a false god. He's not wrong. Nope. And if if I was a high priest of, well, if I was a high priest of anything, and mm-hmm. there was a false god, and I was pretty sure that was a false god, I would probably be as conniving and sneaky and underhanded as I could to, to you know, oust that false god. So, um, yeah, he's made out to be the the bad, bad guy, but... I don't really blame him, isn't honestly.
1: It? It's interesting, isn't it, how the main <laughs> villain is, is the one who's actually in the right mm-hmm. in regards to his own customs. And uh, and uh, I mean, I don't know if it's over the top performance or if it's entirely devoted to uh, to Richard III uh, yeah. by Laurence Olivier. But I thought John Ringham was excellent in this. I yes. love watching him in this, mm-hmm. you know, just delivering his lines with relish with this weird little hunchback thing that he's got going on. I quite, yeah. I, he is one of the most enjoyable things about watching this story. I yeah, like his that.
0: performance was great. I, but, I, I mean, most of the performances were fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The thing is, I don't really have complaints about this story. Mm-hmm. There aren't things that I, that I point to and go, oh, I don't like this, or I just didn't dig that, that. Right. It's just, none of it was, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't connect with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm hmm. Yep. Hmm. I'm like
1: then, your your reaction kind of mirrors my initial reaction when I first saw it.
0: Well, maybe if I see it a few more times, I will <laughs> develop twenty some, years. Yeah, yep. develop some some more love for it. Well, you know who knows? Maybe I'll have to watch it for verity or something like that. That could be. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. It's just not not. Uh, I'm excited about next week, whatever that's going to be. Yeah, next this week, next time. This
1: uh, this might be the only time in Doctor Who history where someone has sort of looked past the Aztecs and looked forward to the Censorites. Um, oh, that's right, it's a censorite. Censorites coming up. I'm I, don't, excited. I don't want to talk about that yet, though. I want to talk. No. I want to ask you about um, what you think of William Hartnell's Doctor, um, accidentally <laughs> proposing marriage to Kameka. <laughs> Um, but, but not really that upset with it, you know, he's quite happy at the end, sort of, but then he sort of realized that he was going to have to leave her.
0: Oh, I think he knew all along he was going to have to leave her, but he was, he was just sort of happy to sort of, you know... Think about it and fantasize a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the uh, the accidental proposal was that was pretty funny. I the thing to me that was the funniest about it was that the doctor is just Mister Know It All. Oh sure, you know I've I've been around. I know everything. Mm-hmm. And she says, Oh, do you know about our customs? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Clearly, he did not. <laughs> nope. Um, so it was kind of nice to see that sort of thrown in his face a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, take you down a peg, old man. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. His he he didn't seem terribly upset by it after after he got over the shock the initial shock of it
1: no and then there's a sense of guilt and remorse that he has to leave and you know that he kind of shuts her out yeah once he realizes you know mm-hmm. for her own good more or less and for his own good also and i love that scene it's very sweet when he when he leaves the the token that that she gave her mm-hmm. and then he sort of reluctantly he, goes back he, he and he picks it up
0: uh, yeah yeah he can't uh he can't bear to leave it behind because it's yeah. the only thing he has to remember her by yeah I wonder if Peter Capaldi still has that in the coat pocket uh, You know what? I,
1: I, he I wouldn't surprise me if <laughs> Capaldi sitting in on script readings like you know, what about Kameka? Mm-hmm. I know she's gone and everything like that, but I think you should probably pull out a token mm-hmm. that, uh, whatever that was. Um, whatever happened to the guy who designed the tomb? He sort of ran away and disappeared he into the garden. He disappeared.
0: They, that was a thing that they never explained. Yeah, I was, wondered if he had like gone into the tunnel, but he couldn't have gone into the tunnel because no. he couldn't have closed it behind him. So... Yeah, so now I feel extra bad for Kamiko because two guys in a row have disappeared without a trace. <laughs> left him at, left her at the after, altar. After courting her. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh.
1: She's going to take it personally, probably. That's rough. You know? Mm. Maybe she almost kind of like, you know, oh, I like you too, Otlock. Ah, you're going into the woods forever. Okay. I understand how this goes. I,
0: I wonder why the doctor didn't you know, give her the choice to maybe come along. I suppose, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand it. She uh-huh. she wouldn't have understood. She but have... then again, neither do Susan and Barbara, and or sorry, or Ian and Barbara, and they're getting along all right.
1: Yeah, but then you could look at that, then what's his name? Ante- the, 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 the Thal who fell for Barbara in the mm. Daleks, he stayed behind, Yeah. you know, even though he was quite keen on Barbara. I mean, at this point, everyone would be like a... Crew of twenty or thirty people at the end of series one.
0: That's true, and at this point, we don't know that the TARDIS is infinitely large, do we?
1: Uh, it's big. There's at least two rooms in there. At least maybe even two three, rooms. actually. Yeah, there's a bedroom, and actually, there's a full. I think we've seen four rooms. The That's main... not
0: a lot for that many people.
1: No, but it's a lot for Lime Grove Studios. <laughs> True. Yeah, as you as you can tell, tell at the end of this episode where there's one shot in the TARDIS, which is basically that photographic blow up wall mm-hmm. and the console about three feet in front of it, and they all
0: line up very nicely. They all line the up. Console. I
1: know because they only had that much room in the studio wow. for that one set uh, at the very end of the episode. Um look, look at the next episode of the Sensorites, which is, of course, a shot at a different time, and you'll probably see the TARDIS set a little more expansive than that. So,
0: I like the idea that the TARDIS at this point is constantly changing the configuration of the control room. like yeah. It's it's not static, and I think that that's kind of cool. Because, I mean, we know it's going to change a whole bunch of times in the future dramatically, mm-hmm. um, but it, it really starts out changing from from day to day.
1: I love how Watsonian and Holmesian we are. No Doyleist. Doyalist. Watsonian
0: Holmesian? <laughs> no, nope, that would both be the same. You're... Are you going to explain to our listeners what that means? No,
1: you are. Since I, I don't even know which one it is. I keep calling it Holmesian, so it's up to you to to describe this.
0: <laughs> okay, for anybody who is not already familiar, uh, including me, Watsonian and Doyleist are two different ways to look at storytelling choices. <laughs> Watsonian is looking at those storytelling choices from within the fiction of the story, and it comes from um, Arthur Conan Doyle's. Uh, Sherlock Holmes story so mm-hmm. so Watson was a character inside the story um so so you would say uh the reason that um that Sherlock Holmes died was because uh, his arch enemy pushed him off a waterfall or something I don't know no, we already have. Yeah. yeah okay like so that's falls. so according to Watson Watson that is why Sherlock died the Doyleist approach is from outside the story mm-hmm. um the According to Arthur Conan Doyle, the reason Sherlock d- Holmes died is because he was sick of writing him and kind of hated the character, so he killed him off. So the uh, the TARDIS set thing, the Watsonian and Doylist, the Watsonian view would be the TARDIS keeps changing because the TARDIS is a futuristic uh, time-traveling machine that is relatively dimensional outside versus inside and can do whatever it wants. Mm-hmm. The Doyleist view is there wasn't enough friggin' room in Lime Grove Studios, so...
1: Guess, guess where each of us fall on that side of the spectrum.
0: <laughs> you You are very Doylist.
1: I'm so Doylist. <laughs> I, I find it easier to cope with things like that. Because mm-hmm. I imagine that some people are probably trying to retcon. Not you, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But thinking, oh, why? the changing dimensions of the TARDIS interior and mm-hmm. why the walls keep changing. Um,
0: I'm sure I'm not the first person to think about no. that from, from a Watsonian perspective. It's mm-hmm. fun.
1: I, it, it probably is fun. <laughs> For people like you to do that, oh, people <laughs> yeah, like you do that. Yeah,
0: wow.
1: Ply. Um. Mm.
0: <laughs> the funniest part about this is that we are recording into a microphone, the uh, same microphone yeah. from both sides. Mm. So, so when somebody throws a jab like that, we're looking right into each other's eyes. Yeah, I
1: know. That's why I said it. <laughs> It would have had the same effect over Skype.
0: this is true. this is true.
1: unless so I send it to the microphone. <laughs> it's a lot easier in my world to sort of look mm-hmm. like, oh okay, yeah, it's fun. it's fun. it's fun. It's fun to see like, oh, I wonder what corner of the studio this is in. That's my
0: yeah, see to me that doesn't sound like fun. I want to see <laughs> I want I want the monsters and the yeah, robots I know. and stuff it, I don't you know, yes, there's a guy inside, fine, I know. Ruin
1: the magic. Oh, uh, I no. that's that is part of the magic. The part of the that's what I love about early Doctor Who. The magic is seeing how they cram stuff into the studio, how they manage to get, um, A two shot on camera three when like twenty two seconds ago it was uh, on another part of the set and they have to whip it over there really quick to get a shot. Just this stuff. If I was thinking about
0: that, that would be that would be interesting since I used to run camera two on a TV show. (laughs) There,
1: yeah, it's it's fascinating to see TV made in those days and Mm -hmm. and. The, you know, the historical thing going on again about teaching people, teaching young viewers in 1964 about the Aztecs. And uh, 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 did we talk about this in episode one? It was a long time ago. I don't know. Um, but the, the, about how the outfits are are mm-hmm. actually very close to...
0: Yes, I yeah. know you mentioned that because I okay, had not good. known before you told me that, and that was that was interesting. You know, it was nice. I thought at the end that Barbara took off that snake bracelet thing that started it all and, and mm-hmm. gave it back to the dead body, which I have now confirmed was actually there. Yes, she wasn't just You're robbing right. robbing a gravesite; she was actually robbing a dead body. That's
1: right, a mummy, because uh, the the uh, the bindings of which was used to oh, God, grab right. the door. So,
0: do they actually mummify their dead in?
1: I don't know. Um, it's, it's not, um, mummification is not restricted to the Egyptians.
0: Okay.
1: Um, from what I understand. There was pyramids, actually. So Well, no, they yeah. definitely
0: had pyramids in South America. hmm In Mexico, and, even.
1: Yeah, Mexico, Central America. No, that is not Central America. It is Central America.
0: Central America may have its own pyramids. I don't know.
1: They do. There's Mayan pyramids. Mm. Actually I think the Aztecs actually for the most part, um, kind of just sort of piggybacked on the Mayans who came before them and sort of like mm. I I've heard stories that the Aztecs kind of really didn't, um invent much of their <laughs> own. It was the Mayans that actually did it all and the Aztecs kinda of just sort of inherited it before of course Cortez came across in fifteen twenty one and Mm-hmm. And uh, destroyed the culture as we know it.
0: Cortez the killer
1: is made popular by Neil Young, mm-hmm. a Canadian.
0: A Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, all right. anything else that I should have noticed in the Aztecs?
1: Um, there is a fight, which is uh, surprisingly poorly shot and edited for one that's on mm-hmm. film. When you have all the control of a film studio, I expected a sort of a better fight. But that this seems to be the. Um, I don't know if the the fight at the end of Marco Polo was shot on film. I think it was, judging by some of the telesnaps. So that's three stories now where there's a climactic, climactic fight um, on film. <laughs> There's one, you know, between Zah and Cal and the mm-hmm. Child and then this one and then the one of Marco Polo. It seems to be a trend.
0: Interesting that you say that it's the worst uh, shot and edited. Whereas this is my favorite fight scene of all of really? them. Really?
1: Oh, because it was short. Yep. It was really short. Was,
0: uh, I don't know. It felt more... I don't
1: know. Well, there's like close-ups of like shields and stuff. You yeah, know, there's not really I, a sense of the action going on. But.
0: Which that's yes, that is exactly why I like it. Thank really? you, you helped me figure it out. Yes, because when you have a sense of the action, it's two guys lumbering around each other and not very convincingly swinging. When you have a nice close-up of of a bat smacking on a uh, shield, right. that's something that's actually happening. That's making a connection, and you you actually get some action out of it. Uh, so yeah, so oh. I I thought that this worked. Better because of that, because it didn't look so clunky and it didn't look so fake. Mm-hmm. And you had, you know, that nice move from Ian at the end to swing around and and push push X off the. I do uh, if he
1: pushed him or he just sort swung of swung him off, swung him off and killed him. Ian's a murderer. Mm-hmm. Ian killed him.
0: I guess that's what happens in battle.
1: I guess so. You I know. think they. I did. The, I think they did their best to sort of try to look at like you know, X does the one that sort of charged at him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then he sort of,
0: got out of half load.
1: propelled himself over the, the edge of the pyramid.
0: Mhm. Well, you know, it was on the day of darkness, so he mm-hmm. maybe, you know, felt like he was being sacrificed to his god as well. Could be. Lucky extra.
1: Yeah. <laughs> lucky, lucky extra. <laughs> All right then. Um next time, which might be tomorrow at this rate the way we're going. Yeah, maybe. Um Sense Rites Part 1: Strangers in Spain. That's exciting. I'm excited for it. I Exc- hope
0: it I hope it doesn't disappoint. Well, <laughs> We'll see. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.